Hi everyone and welcome to Sonoma Parenting 101. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Barbara Pappas, your host for today. So we have had a few talks over the last couple of months and I have received a number of questions and inquiries from you listeners and they were mostly centered around the fundamental needs and screen time. So I will focus on those two subjects today and first of all I want to tell you keep asking these questions that are worth asking. You are the advocate for your child and if you don't observe and ask the questions that are really important for your child's development right now, most likely nobody will. So thank you for that. And I know that asking those questions, they require a certain amount of courage and also a certain amount of strength. And I want to encourage you because as you continue being a parent and you're committed to your child's development and success and health, your courage will grow and your strength will only get stronger. Keep asking these questions within your family, uh, your spouse, your in-laws, your parents or brothers and sisters and maybe you have good friends you can use as a sounding board and you can just have these conversations without expecting results or any kind of resolutions. As your child grows, so are you. So the process of growth as a parent is just as important as the growth of your child. I want to encourage you to check out Victoria Dunkley. There are some resources on my website sonomaparenting101.com and she is just an incredible source of information. Victoria Dunkley, she wrote a book, uh, Reset the Mind, I think it's called. And you don't have to spend any money, you don't have to do much resource, research. It is very basic. I, I suggest turn any screens off. In fact, my suggestion for today is give yourself seven days, one week, and tell your family, your child, your children, everything broke. You took it to the repairman. Your TV, your computer, any other screen, iPads, they all broke. The charges broke, the outlet is broken. And say, you know, I'm going to get it back 10 days from now or whatever it may be. That is the kind of um, fib that I have seen works very well for families. They just say, I took it into the car, I drove it to the repairman, and we'll just do something else for the time being. And for that, I suggest be prepared, because you might have um, the observation that there is a lot of more time available now for your child alone, and also for you with your child, where you're not on the screen. And... Here are some ideas. First of all, I think open-ended. Open-ended is just wonderful because there is no result, there is no project that you expect at the end. And I think the best toy ever is the sandbox. If you can have a hose and a sandbox, 
most children can play in that forever. If you don't have the setup for a whole sandbox, you don't have a backyard or just don't have it available, you can set up sensory bins. Just go to the dollar store or any Safeway store and, you know, those dish bins that you can set into the sink. Uh, you can prepare one or two or five or eight of those with different sensory materials. So first of all, you can make a bin or a couple of bins with sand and you can make mud and you can have figurines and children can play in these sensory bins. Uh, you can also set up baby washing, washing that way. Just warm soapy water and a doll, a baby, and a sponge or a washcloth or whatever. Children love that. And you might be surprised about this, but rock scrubbing is incredibly satisfying for children to do. Same thing, get some warm soapy water, get a large stone or rock, and get one of those hard bristle brushes and let the child just brush away. Other sensory materials are great. <clears throat> is rice or corn, cornmeal, lentils, flax seeds, bird seeds, or just um, grass or just uh, leaves and twigs that you find just about anywhere outside or when you go, you know, to the park or to the playground. And you can rotate that around and these open-ended play sessions are just a winner all around. Another suggestion is uh, make Play-Doh. I put a recipe on the resource side. I like that recipe. You cook the Play-Doh and you make a few badges and you'll get a feel for the right consistency and it lasts a long time. You can make uh, several badges with different colors and let your children play with a plate or have some cookie cutters or any kind of, you know, Tupperware, um, little measuring cups or anything that you already have at home, spoons or ladles or it doesn't matter what, just they can fill and, and poke shapes out and just knead the dough. Uh, go for a walk. Make it a routine that you walk around the block or you have a destination. Maybe you have a park close by or you walk throughout the neighborhood. And during those walks, you'll have lovely conversations. You know, something will emerge, you will observe something, the children will say something. And it's a wonderful time together to go for a walk. You can expand that into maybe visiting somebody in the neighborhood. We sometimes do it at school that we go around the neighborhood and we have planted a little tiny seedlings and we'll just drop by and hand out little tiny plants just to say hello. Um, you can extend that if you like the idea of more charitable work or reaching out into the community to go visit a hospital, a nursing home, uh, anybody that you might know uh, is not able to go outside and would love a visit. Another sure thing is reading books. And you can read the book and then your child can read the book. You can repeat reading the book several times. You can read, you know, five or eight books. 
Something that children also love is making cards or making collages. Just have a big piece of paper or cardboard or construction paper, have some old magazines or uh, newspapers, whatever you might find, or maybe some old cards, and you'll just go to town and um, you cut out pictures, maybe phrases, sayings, and while you start this process without having anything particular in mind that you need as an outcome, you have a great time with your child of where would you like to go on a trip or what would you like to visit or what are you thinking of you would like to do later on in life. It doesn't matter what it is, it matters that you spend time together with your child and you enjoy this time and they are creative and they have fine motor skills that they can develop and they have these ideas of being creative and hands-on instead of sitting in front of the screen. I used to, I'm not surprised anymore, but that I even get inquiries from teachers who are honest enough to admit and say, you know, I listen to your podcast and while I'm listening, I find myself uh, looking around the room and all my children are on some sort of a screen. We need to be critical and very sensitive about this early childhood education that we make sure children have sensory experiences so they have the best possible brain development. So in terms of screen time, give yourself permission to turn it off. Any idea, any context that might help you, like they're all broken, I took them to the repairman, or just hide them away, or if you feel your family can take it, say, hey, I want to see if we can turn it off for a whole week, including a weekend. And we'll put it in the garage, or we'll store them in some closet, and we'll make it a test and a challenge, and I guarantee you, you'll be amazed to observe how much better your child sleeps, how much better your child behaves, how much calmer your child is during meal times, during transition times. I've heard it so many times that there are these intelligent, sophisticated, wonderful parents and families, and they do it, they turn it off for seven days, and they cannot believe what a difference it makes to just get rid of the screen time. So if you need some research, some argument, and more all-around information on screen times, check out Victoria Dunkley. Uh, the other subject I want to address is meals and food, and I'm not going to get into any kind of allergies. Oh, by the way, we will have in a couple of weeks a great interview with one of my parents on um, a very unique situation and how they have learned to live with anaphylactic allergies for one of their children. Uh, but here today... I want to give you an idea of viewing a grocery store. And that is as simple as just walk around the outside of the store. Most likely here in Sonoma County, you go shop either at some uh, 
local market or Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and chances are you walk in and you enter the produce section and that entire produce section is always set to the side to the outside of a store and that's where stores organize their fresh foods so as you keep walking along the outside of the wall you notice that then there are perpendicular aisles set up where the quality and the variety of the food is very different it is more processed and it's not fresh and not whole foods and make it a habit to say okay if I just go shopping for seven days and I focus on fresh food that is organized and stored in coolers and frozen sections around the outside of the store and then just for educational purpose walk along those aisles and say oh this is where where the store has all the pasteurized or processed or food that you know you don't need to even put into the refrigerator um so, again, thank you for being a critical observer of your family structure, of your meal times, of the quality of food that you eat, the amount, the balance of nutrition. And I know a lot of parents have preferences for themselves. Let's say they are vegetarian. And you can certainly try that for your child and children. But be open-minded that that might not necessarily work for them. So they might have, especially as a child, different nutritional needs. Um, for today, I'm going to wrap it up with that. Again, thank you for listening and thank you for sending in your questions that are worth asking. And until soon, keep loving your children.